0: Hello and welcome to Weeb where we talk about anything and everything related to anime and gaming. We are by no means experts, just huge fans. I'm your host, Bobby, and with me is Joshua.
1: Hello, Bobby. Glad to be doing another episode.
0: And on today's episode, we are going to be wrapping up Naruto with the Sasuke Recovery Arc.
1: We finally made it through all of the original Naruto, and I am beyond happy. It's just, Shippuden's where it's at, and this one was just the precursor to that. (laughs) But uh, the Sasuke Recovery Mission arc, it's the fifth and final canon arc of the Naruto series. It covers episodes 107 to 135. In this arc, we meet the Sound 4, we see the potential of a few ninjas that aren't part of Team 7, and we see the start of a uh, redemption from the Sand Ninja. And Naruto starts his journey to become strong and bring Sasuke back home. This arc is really important for revealing what these young leaf ninja are willing to do in order to save their friends and to get their friend back. It sets up the start of the future of the leaf-sand relationship for Shippuden, and we also see a little bit more relationship building between Shikamaru and Tamari, which is probably one of the most shipped relationships in the series. And on top of that, this arc basically makes the entire Shippuden series happen. Without this arc, Shippuden wouldn't exist. So this is probably the most important arc to set up Shippuden.
0: And I love in as great anime fashion. Oh, and I also forgot to mention, spoilers ahead. (laughs) Yeah,
1: if you you didn't know that already. If you haven't
0: already caught that, I I hope if you're not a first-time listener, Reaching arc 5, yeah. <laughs> you should go and uh, listen to arc 1, 2, 3, 4 coming up <laughs> here. But just in case, I forgot to mention spoilers ahead. Yeah. <laughs> but, anyways, what I was going to say besides that is I like how, in just like this, in typical anime fashion, the easiest way they can come up with to make the characters stronger is to go on a time skip or a training years or whatever because the difference between Naruto and Shippuden, if I'm not mistaken, is three years. Mm -hmm.
1: Yep. Yeah, the classic time jump. It's basically just like a way for anime and manga to not have to deal with three years of content or however many the time skip is and just jump ahead to when people are stronger but still have a little bit of molding to do in order to progress their character and their development
0: yeah or if you're uh, more of an into gaming think of it like they're skipping the grinding portion yeah. and then you're just skipping on to once you grind it up your levels and now you're like all right now i can go fight the next boss
1: mm-hmm. oh. trust me the next boss is worth it for naruto
0: <laughs> and so we left off our search, search- for Tsunade art with Tsunade planning to do the surgery on our injured Rock Lee. And she has finally assumed the position of the fifth Hokage of the Hidden Leaf Village. Finally, it starts things are finally starting to look up for the citizens of the Leaf Village after a massive attack onto village leading to the third Hokage giving his life. They have a new Hokage, the young leaf ninja are safe from harm, and Jiraiya managed to protect Naruto from the Akatsuki members. Things are going up, and we even get a glimpse that Shikamaru has been the only ninja to pass the tuning exam and actually get promoted from getting to tuning. Because the whole thing got on fault, so I guess everyone, they're like, yeah, everyone's not valid anymore, I guess.
1: maybe they're just like man but, these ninjas suck like we're not <laughs> we're not going to pass any of these fuckers
0: yeah they they i mean they just defended the leaf village against an attack clearly they're still
1: getting no the thing is they probably were like you know every single ninja fell under that genjutsu except Shikumaru. so like when everyone fell asleep and Shikumaru pretended to be asleep they're like that boy has potential
0: didn't Sakura also rebel? Yeah, we're
1: not gonna just ignore that. <laughs> <laughs> just was gonna mention that.
0: <laughs> and that's how we feel about Sakura in a nutshell. <laughs> so Rockley is also being prepped for surgery from Tsunade after she like read some books or whatever, trying to even increase his chances by one percent meanwhile sasuke being sasuke is angry that he isn't stronger and he needs to be stronger enough to defeat his brother itachi so what's the first thing he does he goes and challenges naruto to a fight oh
1: sasuke like there's there's so much more so many more people you could challenge i don't understand i mean i feel like he challenged naruto because naruto's like right there and he's just like let's fight you're my my rival but it's like you could have like challenge somebody like neji because rock lee beat sasuke in like the first or second arc in a fight and we know neji is stronger than rock lee so like why challenge naruto when you know you're probably stronger than him it just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense
0: the only reason i could think of is just the fact that the akatsukis were looking for naruto Mm. and so he must have thought somehow warped that that he's more worthy of his brother or something and so that pissed him off
1: yeah i that actually is a really good point because this fight i feel like is sort of a way to show how much sasuke struggles with his mediocrity when it comes to being compared to his brother Uh, because his brother was a young prodigy every single thing that sasuke has achieved in his life itachi has achieved it at a younger age and could do it far better He's constantly like living in that shadow of Itachi's. Even though Itachi was cast out of the village and is a rogue ninja, he's still compared to him because Itachi was so good at what he did. He was such a formidable young ninja. So this fight probably is his way of showing himself that he is getting stronger and at least he's stronger than someone like Naruto who had the the sight, their, the Akatsuki had his, their sights set on so if the Akatsuki thought Naruto was worth something, if Sasuke could defeat Naruto, that would prove Sasuke is better than him. So he's really struggling with this internal mediocrity and like his own self-image, and I think that was a. This is kind of like a way of visualizing that for the audience. So this fight on the rooftop. It happens at the hospital because I think the previous arc, the non-canon arc between arc four and arc five there was some sort of little scuffle and sasuke or naruto i can't remember who ends up in the hospital so then naruto and sasuke plan on fighting so they go up to the roof and they're like let's do it so this is a fight among rivals just to prove to themselves that they are improving and they are getting stronger they're not just flatlining when it comes to power it is about i about pride and it's about honor so they go and they throw blows at each other But this doesn't really prove anything. They're not using their new ninjutsu that they've learned. They're just using pure taijutsu and some shurikens and just going at it. So it's not really proving anything. They're pretty equal here at this point in time. So the fight escalates a little bit and Sasuke starts to activate his chidori. And Naruto activates his rasengan. And they both launch at each other and go to land the deciding blow to see who is stronger among these two. But before that's possible, Kakashi steps in and redirects their attacks past each other, and they both hit water towers opposite sides of the roof. Sasuke's attack creates this massive hole in the water tower that shows just pure destructive power of the Chidori. While Naruto's only makes a small amount of damage, only a small leak is shown from the water tower. And Sasuke sees this, and he's just so proud and just feels the superiority to naruto because look at what he did compared to naruto's bullshit attack so there's this sense of like heightened awareness that sasuke's feeling but then sasuke notices along the backside of the water tower that naruto hit the whole back is completely destroyed and the water was flooding out and this pisses sasuke off he's very envious for the improvement naruto has shown and Kakashi's even shocked that Naruto has completely mastered a technique like the Rasengan that takes years to master. So Kakashi and Jiraiya, sometime later, have this like verbal disagreement and berate each other for teaching their students such powerful techniques that could have easily killed each other. And at one point, they compared the relationship of Naruto and Sasuke to that of Jiraiya and Orochimaru's, which I think is a really important comparison.
0: And one thing is, like, just the sheer, like, symbolism they had with that, like, water tower incident, as you were, like, talk, uh, talking about a, l- a little bit before, with the whole, like, Sasuke's first it immediate, is immediately damaged, and you think, oh, like, you automatically think, oh, yeah, this is exactly what, like, Sasuke is, like, he's been proved to have been skilled And not only, like, ninjutsu or genjutsu, but taijutsu as well. Like, he himself, they've almost called him a prodigy as well, even though he's been in Itachi's shadow. But then that's almost, like, all there is to it. It's almost like Itachi was this great student compared to everyone else. But he almost, like, flatlined. Like, he's been, like, stuck at this spot. So, yes, he's strong, and, like, it showed that. But then, like, going off of Naruto's that you mentioned as well, how he's always been the class clown, and no one expected great things of him, even though he's always saying, like, he's going to be Hokage. But then when it comes down to it, like, when it, when the, like, when he has to prove himself, he does prove it. He shows his hard work, his devotion that he makes up For his lack of skill that he doesn't just naturally have like Sasuke. So on the water tower where just like Sasuke you think. Oh look his attack didn't do well. But then you see the actual remnants of what his attack did. Then you're just like this is what happens with his hard work. He's still on the surface. He's still Naruto that everyone knows. But when the going gets tough he really does get tough. And I think that kind of helps shows the symbolism where Sasuke has kind of stagnated right now, where Naruto has trained time and time again to surpass him. And they're just always trying to surpass each other because Sasuke never wants to admit Naruto is better than him. And Naruto wants Sasuke to acknowledge him and neither one of these sides are going to give up.
1: Mm Yeah. Like this is, I feel like pure symbol, pure symbolism, like you were saying, just the, the surface level shows what they are seen at. But then the, the back damage like Naruto's is all the potential that he has. Whereas you said Sasuke's flatlined. So yeah, the, the front destruction is what you see on the surface. The backside is what is actually there. So I think you're absolutely right here. Like there's a lot of good representation of what their characters are and how they represent themselves.
0: So then, after this fight, of course, Kakashi goes and takes Sasuke and ties him to a tree. Because, you know, he's good at doing that to his students.
1: (laughs) It's it's what you do to kids when you have to lecture them, (laughs) right?
0: At least that's Kakashi style. (laughs) So he ties him up to give him a whole spiel about not attacking his allies, which we will learn sometime in the future that... The lesson doesn't really stick <laughs> too well. But Sasuke, being Sasuke, is stubborn and told him he wouldn't understand until he lost everyone important to him. And then Kakashi's just like, Yeah, well, everyone I already know and love has already died. So get on my level, boy. <laughs> <laughs> but he also explains that both of them are lucky enough to still have friends despite. All the terrible losses and everything that, like, the troublesome past that they had. As Sasuke contemplates whether or not to accept friendship or to continue with his revenge to kill Itachi, he is attacked by the Sound 4. They tell him they can make him even stronger and that he should think it over. And, of course, Sasuke, just wanting to seek power, decides that he will leave And right before he leaves though he runs into sakura and you get a slight kind of like emotional scene where uh, sakura is like crying pleading to stay and you just hear sasuke go sakura thank you and then knocks her unconscious and the last thing you see is sasuke leaving the village
1: yeah, so, like, he gives this very cryptic thank you right before he leaves, which it's, it's really hard to decipher at first, and I feel like there's many ways you can interpret this. But it's interesting because he obviously has chosen the path of revenge, which means he's abandoning his friendships that he's made along this way. And this thank you, I feel like it can be deciphered as a way of saying, like, he has chosen this path of revenge not because he wants to but because he feels there's no other choice and he owes this to his family because he he's allowing tachi to run free and that is an insult to his clan because he isn't using the life that he was spared to the fullest by staying in the village and accepting friendship and letting itachi run free possibly killing others is a complete disservice to his entire family. So being kept alive gives him only one purpose. And But by thanking Sakura before he left, I feel like that means he's truly appreciated the time that he spent in Team 7, and he valued their friendship, but it's not the path that was meant for him. So he has no other choice but to leave, but he appreciates the things that were given to him in this time because i feel like the conversation he had with kakashi did set in a little bit knowing that kakashi has lost everyone that he loved same as sasuke so he understands that friendship is important but there are other things that are important too and that's the path he has to take
0: yeah i definitely feel like after that lecture had the sound for not shown up mm-hmm. I feel Sasuke would have almost grown up exactly like Kakashi did.
1: Yeah, I would agree. Or
0: at le, or at least been maybe have opened up to Kakashi a little more, and then like Kakashi would have tried to like help him how or figured out how he grew into what he's like, and did almost the same with him, like uh, with Sasuke. Mm-hmm. But because of the sound for and. Because he was still enticed with this revenge. Because pretty much all all the way up until this point, his life has been nothing but revenge. He never thought about another path until like Kakashi did this. So kind of going off of what you did with like the thank you, I feel like Sasuke is almost like thank, like you said, thank you. That even though all he's been centered around is revenge, that this person has still cared for mm-hmm. him through basically thick and thin like through everything Sakura has still wanted to always be by Sasuke's side so it's like he's kind of been like his final farewell is like thank you like you said he appreciated that time but he's like but I'm going I'm going on the path that you can't go down we're going on two separate ways Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like a a goodbye and trying to cut off relationships at the same time
1: Yeah, because the last thing we want to do is put his friends in a dangerous situation at this point. And I really like that you said if the Sound Ninja didn't show up, that would he would probably grow up to be like Kakashi. Because I absolutely believe that probably would be true. Because it's just like bad timing. He was given this lecture and he was still processing it internally. So then he got this offer from the Sound 4. And it kind of threw him for a loop and he like didn't have time to process it all. If he had a few more days or maybe like a week or two, he probably would have just accepted the fact that he has friends and he needs to let it go. But Sasuke decides to leave. So now that he's defected from the leaf village, Tsunade learns of this and she says, well, we have to retrieve him. We can't just let our ninja free into the world and do whatever they want. They hold, intel that's important to us they're the security of the leaf we need to prioritize getting him back so she takes shikamaru the newly promoted tuning and they she allows him to form a retrieval team the team is composed of obviously shikamaru naruto choji kiba and neji and they also ask rock lee but he has to decline because he's still recovering so then these five ninja go out and uh search for sasuke so outside the village the sound four tells sasuke because he finally met up with them that he must die in order for his process to work in order to gain these new abilities and sasuke for some reason doesn't see this as a red flag at all and says okay let's do this kill me so they seal him away in this really large jar with a seal on it in order to advance his curse mark ability they carry him away towards Orochimaru's hideout. So he's just chilling in this jar and they're just walking away. Once the retrieval team, though, catches up to them, finds their trail, and chases them down, naturally a battle ensues. But the retrieval team is easily captured and the three members of the Sound 4, or three of the members of the Sound 4 take off, leaving one of them behind to keep the Leaf Ninja at bay. But with the skill and wit of Shikamaru and the support from Neji and Kiba and Choji in this situation, they are all able to easily escape the trap that was laid for them. Choji volunteers to stay behind at this point and fight the one sound ninja that was behind, that stayed behind to hold them off. <coughs> so the other three, or the others, could pursue the other three ninja. So Choji and this sound ninja, Jorobo, are very closely matched. They have this huge fight that takes place. They're basically experts at brute force and taijutsu. I mean, not really taijutsu, but just massive amounts of damage. They're basically tanks. They just deal a lot of damage and take a lot of damage. So they're very closely matched, and Choji sees this. So he decides to consume these special chakra pills that increase his strength while fighting. It just increases a large amount of chakra, and he can fight longer and stronger. And Jirobo actually resorts to a similar chakra-boosting technique, which is also a curse mark similar to Sasuke's. So the battle is still very close, but they're going back and forth with almost no winner. But through commitment and force, Choji comes out on top because he consumes more chakra pills. He has three of them, and each one he takes slowly wears away at his life force and once he takes the third one it's almost guaranteed death but he takes the third one in order to follow through with his mission and help save sasuke so he manages to come out on top he actually kills jorobo and he passes out shortly after this
0: and just these few scenes that show up is also for characters that we haven't really seen on screen like Shikamaru and Choji but they do in just this little bit you see them it does so well to show like background information and just like character development almost or reinforcing certain ideas you had of them like for instance Shikamaru that even though they got ambers that like time is of the essence like they need to capture this or catch up to the sound four before they get escape with Sasuke, he was able to still stay calm and like give out orders and determine what is the best possibility to to get the best outcome in this situation. And he was able to utilize all this to help them escape. But then on Shoji's side that we don't really get to see, and you always kind of think of him as just like this glutton, kind of almost carefree attitude but then it shows, again, when it like comes down to it, he's willing to make that sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice. So their other group has taken advantage of the break that Choji has given them. And they storm towards the other three members of the sound form. Once again, getting caught in yet another trap. This time the trap... What? Oh. <laughs> this trap was laid by Kido Maru. And if you couldn't predict what will happen. Wait, okay, hold on. I want to re- say, say that. <clears throat> this trap was led by Kidomaru. Maru. And if you couldn't predict what will happen already. Neji tells the others that he will stay behind and fight Kido, Kido Maru as they press on. And again, Neji and Kidomaru Maru exchanged many blows. And honestly, it was actually a pretty good Fight. And it really showed the actual like. The ocular power of the Byakugan. That we haven't really seen. I mean we got to see. The whole chakra points. With Neji versus Naruto. And then like the whole Hinata versus Neji. Was more like for Hinata's. Like inner dialogue thing going on. So we kind of get a different perspective. Of like what the Byakugan can actually do. Besides just like see chakra on the chakra points. And we see now that the only power that was like a rival to that is the shawing gun and Kido Maru is capable of manipulating projectiles with threads attached to them and this allows him to move the shots in places that would be in like normal people's blind spot but because of the bialki gun there's virtually almost no blind spots so with enough skills, Neji is capable of avoiding any fatal blows. But, Maru throws enough arrows to Neji to find the one true blind spot. Which is directly behind the nape of the neck. At, um, it's almost like Attack on Titan. <laughs> After launching his final attack and keeping the arrow within the blind spot. He plans on killing Neji. But, Neji... Doesn't just rely on his byakugan gun. He is still a very capable ninja. And he is fully aware of his own blind spot. And is capable of predicting this type of attack. And allows the arrow to pierce. But prevents the arrow from actually hitting his internal organs. So, Neji allowed the arrow to hit him. Because he was able to immobilize Kitamaru through chakra manipulation. Something that the Hyugas are experts at once again if you go back to like the naruto fight you can see that and it's like prime i guess you could say and then neji kills kidomaru right before collapsing himself almost like getting a sense of deja vu
1: <laughs> yeah i it's like really interesting i mean not interesting it's very cliche i would say that It's like, oh, I'll stay behind and fight this guy, and then I'll catch up to you. And then, like, both him and Choji both end up collapsing. It's like, okay, didn't see that one coming. Like, you're going to continuously whittle down the crowd until there's a one-on-one fight constantly. But, yeah, this is, like, as much as I hate Neji's character, I really did enjoy this fight. Because we do learn more about the Byakugan and the extreme skill and talent of the Hayugas and what they possess. Basic, I, I basically hate all Hayugas and like the characters in general I just I hate their clan I don't like them at all but I will praise them for their power that they possess because they are very skilled ninja plus Kidomaru was a really sweet enemy I really liked him so the fact that these two went head to head and it showed this intense battle with Neji almost getting overwhelmed with the blind spot situation it was really cool to see how Neji would utilize Someone else figuring out his blind spot. He could use that to his advantage. Pretend like he didn't know that's where he was attacking. Lead him to an attack that would inevitably kill the person who led the attack. So it was a really cool scenario and how it played out. (coughs) Sorry. Some good news after this battle comes our way though. We see Orochimaru is slowly dying. So there's like a flash sideways to a different event where Kabuto is telling Orochimaru that in his current state he will die and he needs to take over someone else's body and Kabuto even offers him his own body like you could take this I'm your servant I will do anything to help you survive but Orochimaru is stubborn he will only accept Sasuke's body but Kabuto states that Sasuke will not arrive in time so you need to pick someone else so then they ask one of their subjects Kimimaru to retrieve Sasuke Kimimaru was originally supposed to be Orochimaru's original vessel before him but he fell ill and made him incompatible and not a suitable host so he had to kind of switch targets to Sasuke Uchiha but this is Kimimaru's redemption arc right here he's able to still please Orochimaru by getting Sasuke back and giving his life purpose But meanwhile, the chase is still on with the sound ninja and the leaf ninja. So the gang finally catches up to the sound ninja once again, and they get the ambush on them rather than getting caught in a trap. The ambush is successful, and they retrieve Sasuke's jar, the jar Sasuke's in, and they flee. They're just getting out of there. But within the chaos, Kiba gets separated from the group, and one of the sound members, Sakon, follows him. Shikamaru and Nara get cut off by this Kimimaru that was sent by Orochimaru. This completely throws them off because they were not expecting a fifth ninja. So Kimimaru takes Sasuke and then he just gets out of there. And of course, they're still being chased by Tuyuya, the other sound ninja. So Naruto goes ahead and chases Kimimaru while Shikamaru says, Hey, I'm going to hold back Tuyuya. So once again, everyone split up. It's a one-on-one battle. Pretty cliche, but it's to be expected because, I mean, a, a five-on-one battle wouldn't have been very fair. So we, we see all them split up and everyone has their own targets, and this comes into a lot of simultaneous battles all at once in the next couple episodes.
0: And this is honestly... One of my favorite fights, because it really shows the prowess, I believe, of, like, Shikamaru. So, Mm Tayuya controls three giant demons with a flute. And with this, she's able to keep her, like, distance away from Shikamaru, which he needs to be up close for his shadow possession to work. And then, even, you might think, oh... Why don't you just possess one of the demons well he, if he does that she can just instantly like get rid of them and then it's like everything's for naught and he actually uses that to like his advantage is he actually like has managed to get all three of the demons in one spot and was able to use shadow possession on them and she goes ha huh, you forgot. I could just get rid of them, and she does that, and he goes. Oh, he makes this whole like little act, like, oh, I completely forgot about that. But as he's doing this, he was secretly using his jutsu and ends up catching Tayuya. And he, during the course of this whole fight, he memorized exactly what notes she was playing in order to move which demons. So she. He pretty much cut her off. And then... This is one spot that... I think was really cool. Is we learn of his... A new jutsu he has. Which is Shadow Strangle Jutsu. And so... This is the first time we see Shikamaru do that. So we learn that... Not only has everyone else powered up. But like so has he. And he begins to like... He uses it. And it looks like he's about to win. But then of course... The curse mark comes and she's slowly fighting it off. And he tries to like hold off on it, but just like in the fight with him and Tamari, his one like weakness is his like endurance, like his chakra. And we see that he's finally reaching his limit and he was going to pretty much lose and but this time he can't just yell i quit and be safe and like how he did in the exams or whatever he, so it looks like he's actually about to die but then right as he's like his jutsu finally wears off out of nowhere tamari just comes and just fucking owns tayuya And just quickly kills her and then they get like reunited and now all of a sudden you're like wait she's a sand ninja what is she doing? And so now all of a sudden another piece of the puzzle is coming into this arc and then also this is I want to say maybe it was their fight but I think it's here that the Shikamaru Tamari ship kind of really hit it off. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so one thing like you mentioned about this, I loved the fact that Shikamaru had the shadow strangle Jutsu because that is one of my favorite moves by him because he normally just has like his shadow possession where he controls their body and can make them do whatever he wants. But that also comes back to him because if he does something dangerous to them, they're going to do it to him as well because it's a mirror type thing. But then his Shadow Strangle Jutsu takes away that vulnerability that he possesses. And he can just eliminate his enemy without harming himself. So that was a really cool upgrade to Shikamaru. But like you said, his endurance was really an issue. Because we even saw that in the Konoha Crush arc. When he was chasing down the ninja and there was an ambush that he was trying to prevent. And he basically ran out of chakra and almost died. And he gave up. But then Azuma came in and helped him. But this time it didn't seem like anyone was gonna be able to save him because nobody really knew he was out here other than Tsunade. And what so this was one of those moments that were like, oh shit.
0: And one thing I also kinda of like about this is up until this point, because of his jutsu and everything, like he's meant to like stall or possibly get information, he hasn't really shown the idea to kill. And mm-hmm. I just love that this fact with the Shadow Strangle Jutsu that it's finally showing that he does have what it takes to kill someone if need be and like it just mm-hmm. improves right. on what his character is. Like Like you said how everyone else kind of learns some new things. I think this is just him also getting his little upgrade as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. He went from a support ninja to a possibly an offensive ninja if he needs to because a lot of support ninja have the problem that like ino if she gets caught in a vulnerable situation she is going to die whereas this shows that shikamaru has the ability to turn that off and now go on the offensive so i think that was great great addition to his character mentioned earlier that kiba got split off from the group and Sakon went after him so Sakon manages to catch up to kiba and we actually learn that Sakon is actually just two ninja in one body, and they're actually able to split apart, and they're named Sakon and Yukon. <clears throat> so we learn, or this—I feel like this is because Kiba has uh, Akamaru, so it's basically a two-versus-two fight rather than a two-versus-one. But Kiba doesn't really have the best of luck as the first three ninja did. Um, Choji. Neji and Shikamaru. I mean, Shikamaru didn't have the best of luck because he was about to lose, but he doesn't. Kiba doesn't have the the type of power compared to the other ninja, and he definitely doesn't have the power compared to Sakon and Yukon. And this leaves him at a disadvantage because every attack that he is able to do to Sakon and Yukon, they easily block it or deflect it. The enemy really counters and severely injures Akamaru in the process, which that's Kiba's dog. So it's a very sad moment because. No one likes to see an injured dog. So that was pretty rough. (laughs) Rough. Get (laughs) it. Sorry. And then uh, Yukon actually uses his combination ability and uses it on Kiba. So he combines with Kiba's body and prevents him from helping Akamaru. So in order to separate from Yukon, he stabs himself in the stomach, which obviously injures himself and Yukon in the process. So, Kiba actually manages to take Akamaru and try to escape. But, like I said, Sakon and Yukon are too skilled. And the Curse Mark ability just overpowers Kiba. He doesn't have some sort of ability to help him enhance his power. So, Kiba just gets quickly overwhelmed and just can't stop him. But just like Tamari saving Shikamaru, Konkro comes and saves Kiba and actually kills Sakon and Yukon. So, here again... A sand ninja comes and saves a leaf village ninja. So this is leading up to the new formed relationship that I mentioned in the beginning of the episode. This new relationship between the sand and leaf that they're trying to repair this broken bond.
0: And I have to just say, like, each one of these fights was just paired up so nicely that it was almost like a mirrored image of themselves, but like slightly altered. For instance, Choji and DoroBo had very similar abilities that they pretty much relied on brute strength and physical attacks. Whether it was like empowering them physically or like however it was, they were had a very similar MO of how they attacked. Ninja and Kitamaru had abilities to like manipulate. Nenji manipulated chakra to like see chakra points and everything like that where Kitamaru manipulated the arrows using chakra strings so different methods or different ideals but basically using the same method and again as you kind of just said with kiba using Akramaru, they tend to combine to perform synchronized attacks or just have a two-on-one fight just like sakan and Ukon did with how they always were like paired up they were Two people merged to one. Just like them. And then finally we had Shikamaru. Who uses Shadow Possession Jutsu. To control his enemies. And then you had Tayuya. Who uses the flute to control her allies. Or her puppets. So they were basically the same thing. One used it to control his enemies. And the other used it to control allies. I guess you could say. So they were like the same coin. But different sides. And... It just was a nice matchup because it showed how, like, the ninja could get an upper hand and persevere even when facing an enemy with abilities identical to yours because, you know, you are your own worst enemy.
1: Yeah, on top of that strategic matchup of these fights, there's a. Gr- it was a great way to show some of the flaws of the characters as well. So like Kiba, for example, it shows that he is just not as trained as he should be. He lacks proper strategy and combat experience. He can easily lose the upper hand in the fight. And Shikamaru, while he's extremely skilled in strategy and planning ahead, once he is caught in a situation that he couldn't predict or one where he runs out of chakra too quickly, he just gives up and accepts his fate. Neji's fight, on the other hand, gave him the opportunity to show the audience how much he has improved since the tuning exams. He has resolve, he has a path, and he is he's set for himself. Like He is goal-motivated at this point. He doesn't care about what others expect from him. He is the writer of his own destiny. But these flaws lead to both the defeat of Kiba and Shikamaru, which segued into the perfect opportunity to build the relationship for the Sand Village. And prove that they are no longer the village that they used to be. They're not enemies of the Leaf anymore. They're allies. And they will strive to help the Leaf. So it it was definitely a good segue to show flaws of characters. And then also help other characters build their like image. Like with Neji, Shikamaru, Tamari, and soon-to-be Gaara. So during all those fights... That are going on. This gives Naruto time to catch up to Kimimaru. He taps into the Nine Tails Chakra. To fight Kimimaru. But this is no use. Naruto just isn't powerful enough. Because the ability that Kimimaru possesses. Is just way too advanced. But during this fight. Sasuke's transformation actually completes. And he exits the jar that he was stored in. Uh, Naruto sees this. And he kind of calms down for a little bit. And Naruto asks him, like, come back to the village. Your friends are waiting for you. We want you back. And Sasuke just kind of laughs at him and kind of has this, like, sort of chaotic look to him. He's no longer the Sasuke that he was when he left the village. He seems to have transcended to a different point in his life. And that might be due to the curse mark and the effects it's having on his body and mind. So he then laughs at Naruto and runs away from the village, making it very clear he has no intentions of heading home. And of course, um, to follow the theme of this episode and the remarkable luck that has been displayed by every single member of uh, the the Leaf Village, Rock Lee shows up just in time to fight Kimimaro so that Naruto can chase Sasuke down.
0: And the only difference with this is... Unlike the previous four fights, this one kind of has a little less serious tone. Despite like the complete kill and the intent to kill coming from Kimoraru. But before the fight actually starts, Lee asks him if he can take his medicine. Which, I don't know if it was him just like his character. He's kind of like this gentleman-ish character even though he's like a villain he allows it i think it's also because of the fact that he's also dying
1: mm-hmm, that's what i was about to say
0: so he's like <laughs> he knows i guess what it's like not to fight full strength or whatever so he's like we're both which again the whole matchup broccoli isn't mm-hmm. completely healed and then kimimaru is slowly dying from his disease so again it doesn't look like it on the surface but it, it is another like almost perfect matchup not to mention the style kind of relies heavily on taijutsu because he uses his like bones as weapons and which is don't they regard it as like a very strong was it a Keke genkai
1: mhm yeah they considered it a kekkei yeah. genkai cuz it was like his his clan's ability yeah
0: and that's why orochimaru was trying to y- get into his body but of course the disease he was struck in with made it so he wasn't going to use it but instead of taking the medicine or what he thought was medicine we find out that it's actually alcohol and lee can't take alcohol at all and he just downs <laughs> a bottle of whatever strong sake this is And we find out he's a master of the Drunken Fist, which is an invasive style taijutsu, which pretty much leads to a pretty entertaining fight that is less serious (laughs) than the others. But Rock Lee holds his own to the point where even Kimimaru is like, what was in that medicine that's making him so strong?
1: He's like, holy shit. And
0: then he finds out, I think at the end, that it was actually alcohol. And he's just like, wait, you were just drunk this entire time? (laughs) Because the alcohol starts to wear off. And because he doesn't have that liquid courage that everyone knows from taking alcohol. He starts to lose the fight. But just when all hope seems lost, the final sand ninja, Gara shows up to help Lee... And they take back the fight, and they manage to turn around and win.
1: Who would have guessed it? Who would have guessed when the Leaf Village is losing, someone shows up to help them? (laughs) So, Gara was the final sand ninja that needed to show up and prove that the sand has turned a new leaf. As we know from the Tuning Exams arc and the Konoha Crush arc, Gaara has caused a lot of damage to the Leaf Village and to its citizens that's irreparable. Especially to Lee when Gaara planned on killing him in the tuning exams and shattered his leg. So this was a small act of kindness, kindness from Gaara to start the healing process between the nations and its people. Because once he starts to make amends with Lee, the person he had complete intentions on killing, that shows that he has grown as a person and he's starting to see the fault in his ways. And if you can admit your faults to the person that you caused the most damage to, the rest will fall into place. The Leaf Village is just the... is the lesser thing that you have to prove yourself to. Because you... I mean, you did try to destroy the Leaf, but you actually tried to physically kill Lee at that time. So this is the biggest step he had to take in order to to repair what he has... the damage he has caused. Can we just
0: quickly just just enjoy the intense storytelling leading up to this like the matchups with the equal abilities the each sp- there was like a specific sand ninja to go to each person for a specific reason like Tamari and Shikamaru with the mm-hmm. ship i kind of don't remember what happens with Kiba and uh, Konkuro. i know something happens between them but i forget what it happens but then like you said, the Gara and Rock Lee, Gara was the reason why he's in this state, but he ends up protecting him, like to help the like you said, mm-hmm. to show that the he's changed like the healing process. But just everything leading up to that, like everything falling in its correct place, just such great storytelling.
1: Yeah, um, and one thing about that is there was actually one point in the Kimimaru Gara fight where Ga- uh, Kimi Mario was about to kill Rock Lee and Gara pulled him back with his sand ability. So it shows that when it comes down to it, he won't let Rock Lee die. He was going to help him regardless of the situation. The final battle of this arc is none other than the Naruto Sasuke arc. They finally come face to face at the Valley of the End, which is in itself has a lot of symbolism and foreshadowing for the future of this show and the relationship between Naruto and Sasuke. And at this point, we don't know the history behind the Valley of the End, but we get hints at it. There's a point where Sasuke even says, like, this is a really formidable place for us to have this battle. And this is kind of a confusing line when you don't know the history of the Valley of the End, which we learn in Shippuden, what the the true story behind it is. But in, in short, we can make the assumption that it has something to do with the battle between friends, I think we can assume. So, we are at this place that will start it all for the story of Shippuden. This is the starting line. They hit... A, they have a drawn-out battle here, and this battle is basically finishing up the the fight that started this arc. Because as we mentioned, Sasuke and Naruto started this arc with fighting on the rooftop of the hospital, and they had a lot of f- punching and like just Taijutsu, which they started here with that as well. And once again, this proves nothing because. They are very skilled at both of these things, and they are not that disadvantaged from each other. They just are equally throwing blows. So, during this fight, Sasuke remembers memories from his childhood of Itachi. Itachi told Sasuke, after murdering his entire clan, that in order to gain the ability to defeat him, Sasuke would need to kill his best friend. Only after this will Sasuke unlock the Mangekyou Sharingan, which is the most powerful ability of the Uchiha clan. So during this, Sasuke and Naruto are basically fighting and talking about how they need to come back, they're friends, and there's nothing to sever that bond. And during this fight, Sasuke actually awakens the third level of his Sharingan. It's, um, because the Sharingan has these symbols around them. It's, I think they're called Tome. And he unlocks the third level of it, which enhances the ability of the Sharingan. So he is able to predict a lot of Naruto's attacks more easily. So Naruto starts to dip into the Ninetales Chakra and start to get the advantage. And at one point, Sasuke even talks about, like, what is this ability you even possess? Like, this isn't a natural ability. But then on the same hand, he goes and taps into the Curse Mark ability, which is... Also not a natural ability to have. But this shows the level playing field. This sort of levels of playing field for Sasuke and Naruto. Naruto can tap into this Ninetales and increase his chakra. So in order for Sasuke to be on an equal ground. He also needs this sort of ability. So now they're at this point to where they are fighting it out. And there's only one way to end this. And that's what they were planning on doing on the rooftop of the hospital. Sasuke starts up his Chidori. And Naruto uses his Rasengan, and they tar- charge towards one another. As they hit each other, the chakra from their attacks start to mix and collide for a brief moment, and then it explodes. Naruto and Sasuke are launched downward, and we see Naruto laying on the ground, passed out, and Sasuke standing over him. And this proved that Sasuke is the strongest out of these two.
0: I think this fight just had a lot going on and i think what you were trying to mention earlier is one of the lines he says is naruto i knew you were special everyone or like i always knew you were special when he's showing that nine tails chakra but he goes you're Mm -hmm. not the only one special anymore and then that's when he goes into his curse mark transformation
1: Yeah, I couldn't remember, like, the exact scenario. I just, I knew the gist of that.
0: (laughs) I just remember this fight so vividly just because of the fact that this fight was the first fight I ever saw in a, like, TV show, anime, cartoon, movie, any kind of form of media that, like, Best Friends fought well i guess i don't know if you could consider Mm -hmm. them best friends but they were close enough that even though they didn't want to admit it they were like best frenemies or whatever like they were friends rivals they always pushed each other but deep down i think you kind of knew they at least respected each other enough they mean
1: yeah so uh, I i was gonna say i think we can consider them best friends because of the flashback sasuke had Ovetachi saying you have to kill your best friend in order to unlock the Sharingan ability um just having that flashback kind of shows that Sasuke's contemplating killing Naruto because he considers him his closest friend so I I think it's safe to assume despite him not saying it outright he does consider Naruto his best friend
0: neither one of them wanted to pretty much say it outright but this was like the first time I ever saw that like actually happening and it just blew my mind because at one point naruto basically dies in this fight but the nine tails like brings him back
1: mm-hmm. and that i think the nine tails even had some dialogue with him that yeah point. i think so too. i can't remember the dialogue like saying like you should be thankful for my power kind of like saying like if it wasn't for me you'd be dead
0: because yeah. sasuke It was like an even fight. Naruto had the advantage a little bit. Then Sasuke turned it out. He almost died. He got the nine tails. He started taking the advantage. That's his special... Your special dialogue happens. He gets his curse mark and then ultimately wins. And then, kind of Mm -hmm. like how you said also that he doesn't verbally say he's his best friend, but also the fact that at the very end, when he's like crouching over like Naruto, where he could have easily have killed him. He spares him. Right. And then he goes on his way, leaving. And, like, you see his head, Sasuke's headband falls, like, right beside Naruto. So it was just, like, so much went on just besides a fight. But I think this fight just stuck out to me so much. Because, like I said, this was, like, the first time I saw, like, best friends actually fight each other, wanting, almost wanting to kill each other.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah. It was a, a really important fight with this whole thing. And it was very conflicting because I feel like a lot of people don't like Sasuke, but I feel like you grow to like him despite his douchebaggery that he has. He's just a he's a character that you kind of radiate towards despite how rude of a character he is. I think it's more you start so to it's understand hard to root for why someone he's here. doing it. Yeah. Yeah, you start to see his backstory and realize why he is such a broken character.
0: And it's like you understand it, but at the same time you're... Some people could be, like, for me, at the very beginning, I'm just like, okay, like, this is his stereotypical, like, badass character. Like, he doesn't want to show emotions or whatever. I'm like, I'm not going to like this guy. And as it, like, progressed (laughs) and they kind of, like, got going, I was like, okay. But then, like you said, like, you start to understand everything he's going through and why he chose to do this. And it's like, I understand him, but it was just like... I think that's what also made this fight so much more compelling too because you're starting to like especially with the lecture we mentioned with Kakashi and Mm -hmm. everything he's going through it's like everything just kind of built up to that fight. Yeah. So right after the fight Kakashi finds Naruto alone on the ground and is carrying him back. Through this we find out that all the other Leaf Ninjas have survived and were home except for Sasuke where we find him walking into Orochimaru's lair. Sasuke thinks about his brother's words once more, stating that he must kill his best friend in order to obtain the power of the Mangeku Sharingan. But Sasuke exclaims that he will not do what his brother bids, he does not want to follow his same path, but he will find his own power, his own way, and still kill Itachi. But before the arc ends, we learn also that all the members of the Akatsuki plan on on engaging in some sort of major plan three years from now. And also in that time, after Naruto recovers and everything, we learn that he will lead the village with his sensei Jiraiya to go and train for three years.
1: Yeah, this... This last bit of the arc has kind of a lot to take in, especially this fight right here that we saw, because this fight, we had to condense it a lot because it was a six or seven episode long bout. It was just going over it. There was a lot to take in. We had to figure out the best pieces to, to pull from it and the most important ones. But I think the main takeaway from this fight was despite Sasuke being hellbent on power, he still had some sort of sliver of moral compass and conscience left in him because he chose at the end to spare Naruto knowing that if he were to kill him, it would give him the strength to fight Itachi on a level playing field. But he still chose to spare him. It shows that despite the anger and frustration that is flowing through his veins, he still sees Naruto as that equal and he he just can't bring himself to killing him the one person that is still there calling Sasuke a friend and considers him family. I think it's a very important thing to consider in this fight because a lot of people hate Sasuke for the fact that he's just such a mean and evil person, but he has these moments of compassion where he will not be like Itachi. He will not kill everyone that cares about him. He makes his own path, and he will find a way to persevere.
0: One thing also I want to mention is during... Naruto's recovery Jiraiya almost tells him that he should give up on Sasuke. Well, he mm-hmm. no, he actually yes, flat he out does. tells him give up on Sasuke because we mm-hmm. find a flashback of basically the same thing that's happening with Sasuke and Naruto happened with Jiraiya and Orochimaru. That Orochimaru laughed. Like Orochimaru wasn't always what he is today, but he sought out power and so he laughed. And Jiraiya tried to stop him, but he couldn't. And he's like, he's basically telling Danto it's not going to work, but Danto's like, no, I will bring him back. And that's mm-hmm. when Jiraiya finally is like, all right, well, if you're going to do that, you need to come with me. I will teach you a way to get even stronger.
1: Yeah. He's basically trying to help Nart, like spare Naruto the heartbreak of losing your friend and him not coming back. But he's like, if you're gonna do this, let's do it right. All I have to say is like that's about it, and we're we're wrapping up this arc. the The end of this arc is Naruto and Jiraiya leaving for their three year mission, and they they walk out of the village, and Hinata's there to see him off, and she watches Naruto as he he leaves. And then. And I think also yeah, Sakura was it.
0: there and he's like promise me you'll bring mm-hmm. back Sasuke and of course Naruto's like I promise I never go back on my promise that's my ninja way.
1: Hmm. Yeah and I think that was a great way to just end out the season. Did- I
0: think so too it honestly it wrapped up everything pretty nice especially with like all the fights and everything and mm-hmm. to easily set up the next season.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, they had like a hundred more episodes of non-canon arcs to prolong the the series before they went into Shippuden. But if you just stopped right there and then jumped to the very last episode of Naruto, that wraps up the canon arc. And it's just, it was such a satisfying way because it leaves you on this huge cliffhanger. They hint at the Akatsuki, they like show them in their robes. And you wonder what this group actually is, like what their plan is and why they have to wait three years. So it's very interesting. You have all these things. Naruto's getting stronger. Katsuki's here. And what is happening with Sasuke? Great way to tease the Shippuden.
0: And I will, since we're wrapping up here, I will leave you guys with the question of the day. And that would be, what fight did you guys enjoy most?
1: Yeah, you have a lot to choose from. There's five, six fights. So... uh pretty decent selection to choose from.
0: I think there's probably going to be a lot of people who definitely like the Naruto and Sasuke. I didn't mm-hmm. have to choose that one for the reasons I've already stated before. Like I said, it was like the first time I ever saw it and it just left such an imprint. On yeah. Me it
1: was a good that fight. Part. It was a really good fight. All right. I only have two facts for us today, but I also have a little bit of a, a fact that's not related to Naruto after these two. So, the first Naruto fact is most of the flashbacks from episode one thirty one are taken from episode eighty four. However, there is one noticeable difference because in the original episodes, Sasuke's flashback uh, in Sasuke's flashback, Itachi's Sharingan didn't have a a visual design to the manga kyo Sharingan when he uses his Tsukuyomi on Sasuke. But in this episode, however, they changed Itachi's eyes to have his manga Kyo design, because at the time, the manga Kyo was not designed or drawn out, but at this point it was. So there was a slight editing change within episode 131. And at the beginning of the episode where Naruto and Sasuke are fighting at the Valley of the End, Naruto is near the, Sas- the statues with Sasuke on the opposite side. But after Sasuke activates his Sharingan, the scene actually changes and they swap places, which is just a, a slight animation error. And I guess Sasuke's hair changes a little bit too. So that was just a slight editing er- animation error. And then my third fact that's not Naruto-related is... Just recently, like basically as we were recording, I found out that The Devil is a Part-Timer officially has a Season 2 in production. So you know how in our Devil is a Part-Timer episode, if you've watched it, we said they only have one season. It was made eight years ago. Odds are there won't be a Season (laughs) 2. We were wrong. It's here now, so I'm pretty pumped about that. I just thought I'd have to share that with you guys and... Let you know we were wrong and never lose hope because the fans didn't and we're getting a season two of The Devil's a Part-Timer.
0: This is one instance I'm happy to be wrong.
1: And me too. <laughs> so that's pretty That's pretty exciting. So uh, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to get any updates on future episodes and feel free to email us with any questions, concerns, recommendations, and the answer to the question of the day at Weebspawn at gmail.com.
0: That'll be all from us. I've been your host, Bobby.
1: And I'm Joshua.
0: And we'll see you guys next time when we weebspawn.